Hey, it's Lauren. Thank you so much for listening to The Afterlight. Enjoy the episode. Just a language warning for this episode. This episode has been brought to you by The Afterlight Institute. The Afterlight Institute is a community of teachers and students seeking to expand their spiritual gifts and their inner wisdom on the road to illuminating their forgotten selves. Offering online courses, in-person retreats, live events, online expositions, and more, the Afterlight Institute is a safe and inclusive space for all. To learn more, head to theafterlightinstitute.com. Lauren Grace here and welcome to the show. My guest today is Tay Wan. She is a multidimensional transformation coach and oracle. She's guided by her fierce guardian angel. She serves as a spirit guide and tarot reader for her querents. She is a certified life coach, an NLP practitioner and image consultant with over a decade of experience as a highly skilled makeup artist and hairstylist who specializes in inner and outer beauty. One is deeply passionate about holding sacred space and helping as many souls as possible realize and embody their limitless potential. She wants everyone she connects with to embrace their divinity as to gain unwavering confidence, look sophisticated, and to reclaim their sovereignty. One lovingly created with Source and her angel, the six petals of life and the Thrive Evolution Method, which uses sacred geometry as a blueprint and compass to guide us on how to consciously create a balanced life we love and deserve while feeling sexy. Yeah, girl. She is an eternal student and animal lover. And I can see from um, that's true because her I see a little cattail as I read your bio humanitarian, environmentalist, and a multifaceted artist with an insatiable appetite to create beauty in many forms. Now, one is joining me today to talk about her spiritual journey. We're going to be talking about life after life and how even in our darkest days, we have a chance to walk through our refining fire to have a rebirth experience. We're going to be talking about how to connect with your guardian angel. Do you have a fierce guardian angel? Maybe my beautiful listener at home. And we're going to find out a little bit more about how one has been able to navigate a dark time in her life to come out of the other side. Now I know our listeners home is thinking, girl, this woman is a quadruple threat. How are you going to just limit the subject to one, but we're going to limit the subject to one. And then we're going to have one back for a part two, where we're going to focus on all things sacred geometry. So you can hang out for that. My sister, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Oh my goodness, my lovely dear sister. It's such a pleasure and an honor and I've been so excited and I'm so glad that the stars have finally aligned and we get to hold space together and to just allow our souls to connect and express. Yeah, thank you for having me here. It's funny because our listener at home doesn't know this, but one and I've been, you know, trying to set up a time for a couple of months now. And one thing that I know for sure, and I'm, I'm sure that you can agree one is that we do connect and I feel like things come to fruition when they're meant to, not necessarily when we think they should. And so I guess that's a big part of trusting the spiritual process. So can you tell me a little bit about where your spiritual journey began? Have you always been connected to source energy? Was this something that you had to learn along the way? Maybe we can start with that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I definitely know it's been an intrinsic part of my journey from the get go. Um, I mean, we're all born with 
with the ability to connect with source and we're all born as an extension of source It's just a matter of staying connected and whether we lose grip of our divine origins or not. And, you know, I, I attribute it partly to my own soul journey. Um, I do believe that I'm an ancient soul. And so those of us who have been around the block, so to speak, um, multiple lifetimes, we, we have a tendency to remember earlier on in our lives than um, a younger soul, if you will. And I, I also believe that, you know, being of a Vietnamese um, descent, descendant, um, my culture also, we, we see the spirit world as real as night and day. So that also plays a part into it. Oh, that's fascinating. You Okay, so, all right. So there's lots to unpack there. I think that, you know, sometimes when I talk to people of different cultural background to me, I feel a little bit envious because I feel that, you know, <laughs> by you talking about the fact that maybe spirit was just integrated into your life, you didn't have to go through such a, you know, when you're kind of the person who's the odd one in the family, you're the person who's like, yeah, I know that, you know, people don't die. They just transition into a different form or like I can talk to animals or fairies are real, you know, sometimes it's really difficult to kind of navigate your place within that. So would you say that, you know, growing up in a culture um, such as the Vietnamese culture that, that there was an accepting about that you didn't have to navigate some of those challenges that maybe our listener at home and myself, I guess, had to go through? um you know it was a little bit of both to be honest like even though even though my culture is like very accepting of the spirit world I had to you know navigate the spirit realm on my own because I didn't have a lot of like friends or family that I could talk to about it Mm -hmm. um because yeah it's just it's not like I didn't grow up with someone being like you're gonna have connections with spirit and you're gonna be able to like you know, connect with people's past, people's loved ones who have passed on. Like I didn't have that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but so it was, yeah, to answer your question, it was a little bit of both. I, I did have the upper hand coming from a culture where the spirit world is very real, but at the same time, the experiences that I had in my, in my own personal spiritual growth, um, a lot of it was done on my own and I had to discover it on my own, which was, scary at times and also um very eye-opening it's Mm. it's a blessing at the end of the day even though there were moments where it was really tough yeah and I know that your story is um is one that we are going to focus on a little bit more today and and I guess one of the reasons why I really wanted to kind of create a lot of space and time in our conversation is because it's a it's a story that, that I think many people can probably relate to And it's also a story of, I feel, resilience and empowerment and hope. And so maybe we could talk a little bit about how your story began. And I guess I'm I'm alluding to the fact that, you know, you said that you had to navigate your spiritual journey on your own. And that sort of kicked off with something that was quite difficult. Yeah, for sure. Um, So what you're talking about is basically... Um, in when my brother transitioned and went back home and went back to heaven and that happened in 2018 um, it was the hardest thing I've ever had to experience and I and I don't say that lightly because I've I've been dealt a really tough hand um, but in seeing that I also know that we go through what the gods know we can handle 
you know, and those who fail to recognize their own strength fail to pick themselves up after a fall. But the truth is there's nothing that we go through in life that we cannot handle. And I, and I believe that wholeheartedly. And my personal development and my spiritual journey up until that point when my entire world collapsed contributed to my resilience afterwards. So if it wasn't for everything that I had gone through prior to, I honestly don't know if I would still be here. It was that hard. Mm -hmm. um, I don't even know where to begin. It was just like when, when it happened, like I experienced the deepest pain of my life. And for the first time, I completely lost hope. I, I lost my sanity. I lost my will to live to the point where, cause he, he, he took his own life. He decided for himself that he needed to go back home. And now I can say that it's something, a decision that I truly have to respect. Mm -hmm. um, even though it's a hard pill to swallow. I know he's not gone. I know that he is still around. I can feel his presence and he shows his, he shows his magic daily, which I'm really grateful for. Um, but prior to me even getting to where I'm at with more of an acceptance, I, I, I completely, like I experienced a, my, my soul ejected from my body. And I just saw an aura fly across from you. Lauren. Oh, like literally just now. That was, that's, that was so beautiful. Um, but yeah, I, cause he passed away on the 28th of September and my birthday was on the 1st of October. So on the day of my birthday, I like completely lost my sanity and I wanted to be with him. I wanted to be, I wanted to, I wanted my soul to be with him and it led me to and I haven't, I don't talk about this. It's very, it's very personal, um, but I want to share it because I want to, yeah, I want to, I want to instill hope and I want to let, remind people that we're in this together and no matter how devastating a situation can be and how much you lose yourself in this pain, you can find your way back to love and you can find your way back to your sole purpose and what's important in this lifetime, in this human experience, even though I didn't want anything to do with my human experience. Um, and I literally felt my soul eject from my body. Like I, it was to the point where I had to be hospitalized for eight days because I couldn't function. Um, and it was in that eight days that, that I explored, I was like between realms, you know, because my spirit wasn't in my body. It really wasn't. And it was in those eight days when I was connected with my brother, when I was walking alongside him, it was almost like there was a very thin veil between our path. And it was in those moments, in those darkest moments that he showed me that I'm his gateway into the physical world, just as he is my gateway into the spiritual world. Oh. And that our relationship... <laughs> And that our relationship has only evolved, that our kinship has evolved to something deeper. And, and it was incredible because I'm a very introspective person, but he showed me things that I've contemplated my whole life. And I didn't even realize the truth of it until he had transitioned. 
So coming back to what you were saying earlier, like, you know, when it comes to alignment, like things happen when it's meant to, the same can be said about our lessons. Like truths won't show up for us until the stars align. And certain events that happen will trigger that truth to flood into your life. And one of the things that I learned as well is that I'm sure we've all heard of divine timing, right? Yes. Well, I have to say that even in divine timing, you can in, you know, in certain situations feel immense pain. You know, divine timing can be extremely painful, but it doesn't take away from the fact that the stars have aligned in a way that might be so profound, it's over your head that you can't even comprehend the grandness of this purpose. But you have to trust. Mm, I think yeah. that's that's so much. And thank you um, for being so vulnerable as well. I know that's really difficult to talk about. I just want to acknowledge that, you know, thank you for sharing your heart. So, so I think, you know, like what came to mind as well with your story was the word surrender and also the understanding that we're all on our own journey and that we cannot decide what somebody's journey is supposed to look like it's up to them to make that decision and you know I know we're going to go into the conversation in a few minutes here about connecting with your fierce guardian angel which I love and maybe you can share some of the stories as well or a couple examples of your brother showing up here and, and letting you know that he's around but I think that you know when we have a human mind, it's very difficult sometimes to understand that there's this incredible spirit world that's there. And we live in this human world and we're trying to put everything into it to make sense. And it seems to me that sometimes a soul has to have a breakthrough or a breakdown and then a breakthrough to be able to marry the two worlds. So you know, when you're speaking, and I'm not trying to say that what you went through wasn't excruciating, but it seems to me like there was a window that opened up or a doorway or some kind of rite of passage or something that showed you there was this whole other way of looking at, at the world. And it seems to me like what a gift at the same time as what a loss yeah, I appreciate you having that perspective um, because I, I feel the same way, you know, and and I can say that with more conviction now that I've had a couple of years to really allow myself to feel the pain and to and to work through it. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with that observation. And, you know, it's about, you know, walking through that refining fire and and experiencing the dark night of our souls because one cannot truly and sincerely appreciate the love and light in this world without having gone through some darkness because light cannot exist without darkness. So you have to experience some form of contrast to really understand the depth of what is truly good in this world. Mm, beautiful. What do you think was in you that helped you to, you know, not transition yourself and helped you to, you know, not overcome. Okay. But walk, walk through this pain and this, 
this difficult time? Like, why is it that some people are able to do that and other people are not? Like, I remember when I was growing up, there was um, a young man that I went to school with and he passed away and, you know, his family was never the same. Like, it was as though you were talking to a shell when you talk to some of his family members. And I guess my question to you is, yeah, what do you think it is about you know, you, or is it an innate quality that some people have and others don't, or is it just the understanding that we're all on our own journey and we find our way when and and how we're meant to, if we're ready? That's such a good question. And I don't think that there's one answer that applies to everyone, but I do believe that um, having a strong sense of soul purpose definitely helped. Um, and it's also having that communication with my angel, like he, he knew it wasn't my time either. And so it was his encouragement and, and, and also like my own knowing and, and having gone through, you know, my prior spiritual experiences that, um, that solidified why I'm still here. I love yeah. that you describe have- your guardian angel as a fierce guardian angel. When I read that, I was like, oh yeah, she's got some badass guardian angel just there, like ready to defend <laughs> the fortress or whatever that is. Absolutely. So, had you connected with your fierce guardian angel before this time, or was that a relationship that was born out of this tragedy? It was a relationship that was born out of this tragedy for sure, but he's always had that fierceness in him. Um, so when it when he transitioned, it was no doubt in my mind that he's this just this powerful entity. And 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 I know that too because he's he's able to manipulate the physical world. Like he moves things. And it takes a it, it takes a very strong spirit to be able to do that. So he's definitely living up to his to his name. <laughs> So would you, do you um, classify your brother as being your fierce guardian angel or is the guardian angel another entity? He is my, he's classified as my fierce guardian angel. I have other guides as well, um, but he is the one. So it's interesting because recently I um, have been binging Netflix and there's a show on it called Surviving Death. And in that show, there's a um, an episode which is a lot about family members uh, who are basically learning how to cope with grief, but also learning to connect with their past over loved ones through signs, through dreaming, uh, that sort of thing. And so I guess my question to you is, you know, you mentioned that in the eight days when you were in hospital, that the veil was sort of lifted, I guess you could say, and that you were able to connect with your, with your fierce guardian angel, you know, your brother during that time period. So is that when the relationship started building or did you, did you have powerful dreams? Did you start to see, see signs and, and experience, um, you know, synchronicities. And then that's what kind of led you to recognize that, it was him. And I guess I, before you answer, I just want to say that one of the, the challenges a couple in this um, TV show were having was that they said, you know, some people might see a butterfly and think that that's their past over loved one. But for me, I need something that's more concrete. So I guess I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on, on all of that. Right. Okay. Um, so for me personally, 
I knew it was him because I could just feel his energy and, and my communication with, with him was not only visual, but it was telepathic and it was like this spiritual bond. Um, so for me, it was easy to decipher and he made it very clear. Like he would manipulate, he would manipulate like pictures of himself that I had in my home, like just things that it was no doubt in my heart that he, that I was connecting with his spirit. And for those who, I think for those who are in denial of maybe acknowledging the example that you're seeing, seeing a butterfly as something more, it can be that simple. I think that people just need to open up to, to that possibility of, of their loved ones coming through in a different form. Mm-hmm. because that's it's the skepticism that blocks you off from any miracles mm-hmm. and it's the skepticism that blinds you from seeing you know the magic that happens around us every single day um so I think a big part of having that connection is belief because our belief system will dictate everything um and I and, and to be open-hearted and to be open-minded and to really put that practice into place and and to allow yourself to, to see the miracles and to, and to experience the magic. Because if you, if you close yourself off to it, then any sign that come your way, you're going to deny it. Yeah, it's so true. And do you think too, that, you know, and maybe it's skepticism, denial, maybe it's lack of trust, maybe it's lack of faith. Maybe it's just, this is too good to be true, but you know, very often we get in our own way, don't we? Where we'll see, I mean, I told this story and I'm not going to share it now because it's just too long, but basically my, my middle name is Lauren is grace. Okay. So I, I changed my name, Lauren grace. Cause it just felt more in line with then my last name. And I made spirit show up for me multiple times with multiple signs before I made the full on commitment. And it ended where I said, okay, I've seen all these examples, but basically I feel like I need one that's really kind of serious example. I would like to get an email where someone mentions Lauren Grace in an email today. And when I went back after my run, after making that intention, I had an email in my inbox from someone named Grace. And I went, bam, and I went, okay, I hear you spirit. So do you think that we sometimes get in our own way because we make things too difficult or maybe we're not present enough to witness the signs or maybe we think, oh no, um, I must've moved that painting or that picture when I walked by, you know, is that kind of what happens? Yep. I, and I love that you brought that example up um, because like you can be very intentional. You can ask for these signs. You know, like you can ask for butterflies to come around and it might show up as a sticker on a journal. It might show up as, you know, like um, a random picture on the internet. Like, like you just have to be open to how this asking shows up in your life and, and to be adaptable with that and, and to um, echo your experience with, you know, the affirmation of the email coming through before you change your name, one of the things that I experienced when I was connecting with my brother after he had transitioned was I got like, I was, I was really, really sad. Like grief is a lifelong journey for myself at least. Um, And so I had this email come in and my brother's name is Sam. He goes by spades as well, but we call him Sam. I got an email in my, in my inbox and it says, Sam has your back. 
And I was just like, oh my, that gave me crazy goosebumps. <laughs> right? Wow. Like you can't, like I can't even make that up. And a skeptic could be like, oh, well, that was just, you know, it was just the algorithm or they could just play it off like it was nothing to do with anything. But that's in the mind of a skeptic. But for those of you who are, those of us who are tuned in and are receptive of the magic and, and realize that magic comes in all forms, we see that as a divine, a divine symbol of, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I know. And I think that, you know, we're kind of conditioned to believe that science is, is right. And that everything has some sort of scientific meaning or some scientific, you know, reason but you know when you're on the spiritual journey we know that magic and miracles are real and so I feel Absolutely. sometimes that it gives us and then not in an elitist way <laughs> maybe sometimes sort of you know because it's so exciting but you know it gives us this kind of this view of of life that that we can see things with possibility and opportunity and understanding that maybe other people aren't able to yet my question to you one, I don't know if you've heard of this. I recently heard of the phrase toxic positivity, and I just thought it was so crazy that people get upset about positivity and I didn't understand how it could be toxic. So I started reading this article on it. It was basically talking about how when we are encouraged to look at everything on the brighter side and you know that there's a reason and a purpose for everything that it doesn't give people an opportunity to grieve so i think that that's kind of the main issue that people have with this toxic positivity thing but i guess my question to you is you know have you heard of that saying before and what part did being positive and showing up for yourself every day and looking at the signs and looking at this you know, tragedy as a, as a, maybe in a positive light, as well as in a negative light, of course. I mean, I guess I'm kind of going everywhere with my question. So I'll just let you freestyle <laughs> on, on what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I'm picking up some of the things that you're throwing down for sure. So I've never heard of that term actually. And, and yeah. while you were talking about, it, I'm like toxic positivity. I'm like trying to, you know, let it process in my head and, and I can yeah. see, I can see what people are trying to say and it can be overdone. And this is why, like with my coaching program, I always encourage people to allow their emotions to run the course. Like you, you cannot, you cannot bottle it in and, and like push it down because it's only going to come back later on. And, and I don't think it's realistic to deny an emotion that you're feeling because in in all honesty I believe that all of the emotions that we experience is a part of the human experience and it's what makes our life colorful mm. and if we if we don't allow ourselves to feel the feels whether it's a sad feeling a happy feeling or what have you we're we're cutting ourselves short and so I can get, I, I understand the concept of toxic positivity because sometimes I think they're talking about the extreme too, where yeah. they're, where they're just, yeah, you know, and that can be, I can see how that can be detrimental. If you're sad, be sad, give yourself the space. Um, and I had to do that for myself when I was going through my grief is there were moments in, in my life when I, when I doubted everything, when I questioned if I even wanted to be of service to people, like I, I completely lost my identity. 
but I had to go through that in order to find myself again. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's, I think it's important. Sorry. No, no, keep going. Yeah, I think it's important to have the, it, it's important to have that balance and to, and if you're unable to kind of put yourself in check, then to have people in your inner circle to be able to check in with you and to help you recalibrate, if you will. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. I guess my question to you is, you know, I know that you took a few years off or maybe not, you know, quite so dramatically, but I know that you were quiet. You said to me earlier that you were quiet on social media, for example, while you went through your healing process, what part does forgiveness play in healing, especially when, you know, death comes to someone early and it's not of, you know, anything that is outside of themselves. I mean, how do you begin to forgive? Do you need to forgive? Is it just about acceptance? Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you brought that up because I think it's such a relevant topic. And I think that we all could be better at forgiveness, not only others, but ourselves. And I, it is important. It's, and it's something that I'm still working on if I'm being honest. Um, you know, like you're going to feel moments of remorse and, and, and I feel moments of regret you know, because I wasn't more present in his life. Um, you know, given my upbringing, I wasn't that close with my family. And, and there, are, there are moments when I regret those things and, and I'm working daily on forgiving myself. And, and I think that it's really important to be able to have that forgiveness because it also means that you're letting go. And, and, and that's an ongoing practice in and of itself is learning to let go and not just letting go, but to let go with love. When you say letting go, do you have a thought in your head and then you go, you acknowledge the thought and then you breathe it out and, and let it go? Or do you replace it with like an affirmation along the lines of, I forgive myself? I mean, I always find that it's really easy to go, you know, you need to just forgive it, forgive yourself. It's like, well, that's really easy to say. It's a whole other thing to do. How do you even do it? You know? Oh my gosh. I I agree. I agree with you. It, it's not always going to be easy. Um, but I think, I think in understanding what works for you is really having more self-awareness, you know, like it's not a one size fits all. I think, I think it's our you know, responsibility as, as a spirit, having a human experience to find out what works for us. You know, like I've, in the past, I've done like cleansing rituals where I'll, I'll go into the ocean and I'll release through that way, or, um, or, you know, using sage and, and different, different methods, different techniques to help myself let go. Um, And also remembering that sometimes it's not going to be just like, one round or one go or one attempt of letting go like it it's going to be an ongoing process um like it is with with grief um but i think it is something that is absolutely relevant and vital to our overall well-being and to our personal growth as you know as a human and as a as a soul to to practice forgiveness because if you don't forgive, you just end up harboring these emotions that fester and that can turn into, you know, physical ailments. And, and my goal in this experience is to, is to live like a, you know, a quality and healthy life. So 
I'm working on it all the time. And, you know, and I'm glad you brought it up because I think it's some, it's a topic that's hard for people to not only go through, but to practice for themselves. Yeah. But I think what you said is so important. I just want to reiterate, you know, kind of your last point there, which is about how you're doing it, you know, ongoing. I think sometimes, and I mentioned it um, in, in an interview I did previously where been working on self-love and I just want to set and forget it. I just want to be, I want to love myself and be like, okay, I've done the work, but in, in, in truth, it's like, oh, wait, this is an ongoing thing. Seriously. (laughs) Wait, there's more. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, There's more. It's like, oh no, that pattern's still coming up after 15 years. Yeah. So it's, um, I think it's important what you said, you know, it's, it's acknowledging that grief can be ongoing and it shows up in different ways and forgiveness can be ongoing. And I'm sure that you can relate to the fact that there are some days where you're high in the sky and everything is great. And then another day where, you know, maybe you're, you're reliving some of these experience again. So would you say a big part of that is being kind to yourself? This episode has been brought to you by the Afterlight Institute. Ignite the light, magic, and miracles within. Oh my gosh, yes, absolutely. So much of it is being kind to yourself and like to be empathetic and compassionate towards yourself. You know, to be your best friend when you can. Which is, you know, and, and I think that it's so easy to have that negative chatter. Um, but I think it's, it's just, it's so important that we learn to just be our own best friend and to be our own cheerleaders and to not tolerate the negative chatter that we have with ourselves. Like, like you would, like, you know, if you think about it, like, would you talk to someone that you love and care about in the same way? Probably not. So, you know, you shouldn't treat yourself any different. Um, and and I think that like my personal belief is that we're all here. One of one of their one of the universal heartbeats of our experience is to realign with unconditional self-love. Yes. And yeah, and and I and I and I think that our life experiences will challenge us and and try to help us navigate back to that love. And so, you know compassion and empathy and understanding and kindness all is a part of that unconditional love yeah I agree I think that's so beautiful Mm -hmm. I think that you know and I can only really speak for myself obviously because I'm in my own head but you know I think that my relationship (laughs) with spirit and my connection to source energy for me really helps me to grow in love and growing compassion and understanding for myself and I guess my question to you is you know how do you navigate going through life and maintaining that relationship with spirit, you know, maintaining the relationship with, with your brother, maintaining the relationship with the other spirit guides and angels that you work with. And, you know, how do you kind of not get caught up in all the bullshit that, you know, we're kind of forced to, to care about? Like I have people sending me articles about stuff that just doesn't matter. It doesn't affect my life. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And I look at these things and I think, well, thank you for thinking of me, but that's really just taking me away from where I am now. And it's almost fracturing on some part, my ability to be connected to source. So I guess my question to you is how do you continue to build that relationship with spirit? Do you meditate every day? Do you have intentions and rituals that you follow? Do you have prompts on your phone? 
know, anything kind of like that? Yeah, for sure. I definitely like, I think it gets to a point where you like, it becomes just a part of life. Like it's, it's, it's a part of who I am. It's how I exist in the world. Um, so I've created sacred rituals that help me stay in alignment with that. And, and also using and creating like healthy boundaries for yourself to, to audit your life and to be like, Hey, what is serving me? What have I grown out of? And to really, you know, be disciplined enough to say, I'm not going to subscribe to X, Y, and Z. I'm going to let go of this person who I no longer resonate with on a friendship level or what have you, because their life path is taking them on a different route. And mine is going on a different road. Um, and, and again, like, I think it's just really knowing yourself is to have, is to have that self-awareness and to know what your strengths are and what your so-called weaknesses are so that you can amplify what's working for you and turn down the noise of the things that is just taking you away from your focus. Um, and I think starting off for anyone who's maybe newer to this realm is to find what brings you joy. Like, literally do what sets your heart on fire because when you're resonating at that high level you're resonating with source you're in alignment with source because you're in a flow state so when you find out what that is do more of it and implement more things into your life that bring you joy um start journaling i journal i have journals for everything i love journaling and, and it's being intentional as well. Like, like, what are your goals in this life? Like, what do you want for yourself? How do you want your life to, um, to look? How do you want to feel? Um, it's asking, it's like asking these deep questions about how you're existing and then implementing things, taking inspired actions, um, creating sacred rituals that's going to support your growth in that way. Um, one of the things that I came up with, and, and this was actually... Um, through channeling. So for me, like I was saying, I, I love journaling and I, and I recommend it to everyone. There's so many benefits to it, but journaling was one of the first ways I've ever channeled before I even knew it. But I always knew it was a sacred practice for me because I would, I would, I would use journaling as like a timestamp of when I experienced certain revelations. And um, I'd write down like philosophical quotes or poetry um, and one of the things that I came up with 10 years ago, just about, is impact. So when in doubt, choose impact. And it's actually an acronym. And I'm sharing, I'm sharing it publicly on your podcast for the first time. Um, and the acronym, yeah. <laughs> so when in doubt, choose impact. The acronym means to implement more positive affirmations commitments and tendencies so i'm giving people yeah i'm giving people yes goosebumps i love it you you know (laughs) you know you know it's right yeah 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 so in essence i'm giving people the what and the how right when in doubt choose impact how implement more positive affirmations commitments and tendencies but it's up to the individual to figure out the why. 
and I can't give that. That's internal. That's so important because I remember because I do business and life coaching as well. And when I remember mm-hmm. I was talking to someone and they said, well, how do I go about, you know, implementing all this stuff? And I said, well, you have to decide you want to. Why do you, why are we working together? You know, what do you <laughs> want to achieve from this? Get behind that. And mm-hmm. that is what's going to fuel you. I love that you shared that. And um, on the show, thank you so much. Feel very excited. I mean, one question mm-hmm. that came to me while you were speaking to about journaling, because a lot of people talk about the power of journaling and I haven't journaled in many mm-hmm. years. I used to journal a lot and I, I don't anymore, but um, it's something that mm-hmm. I definitely recommend to other people, of course. One of the, mm-hmm. the, I guess the objections that came up to me recently for someone was that they didn't really want to say their truth on paper. How do you kind of guide people to get out of their own way and able to kind of let that stuff go, you know, through journaling? Oh, that's such a great question. Um, you know, I think it comes down to the individual. It's like, what do you want? Like, what do you really want? Like, don't tell me that you want something and then you're not willing to actually take action for it. Then it's just, you know, yeah. it's empty words. Yeah. And so I think when it comes to someone who's having that block they're afraid of more than just the journal. They're afraid of facing their shadow. They're afraid of going deeper and being completely honest with themselves, which is, you know, it's fair because, you know, like we're naturally afraid of the the unknown. And so at the end of the day, it's really about reflecting. And again, it's just knowing thyself, like what's going to happen in your life if you continue to live the way you're living without making any actual changes and not taking any inspired action. Another thing that I, another quote that I wrote like 10 years ago is, if you are not evolving, you are simply depleting. And that has been like my, one of my guiding lessons in my life if you are not evolving you are simply depleting beautiful it's true it's true because when you think about it you know when you evolve you're growing (laughs) so if you're not growing what are you doing you're depleting or maybe you're staying exactly where you are but then we know that eventually you're depleting because you're not you're not growing what kind of things can spirit help you with one what do you ask your spirit team or your badass guardian angel to help you? I've now said that he's, I love fierce, but badass is also, I think, very appropriate here. Yep. <laughs> what do you ask for help I'm with? Sure you, you know, I usually connect um, when I'm doing tarot readings. I, I say a little prayer and I do my meditation and I, and I ask them for guidance and I ask them to help me hold safe space. Um, I'll, I'll reach out you know, even when I'm having a nice day and things are lighthearted or I'm going for a walk and I'm like, Hey, like, check this out. Like, I, I honestly, I try my best to not like to, to just be open to it all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm always connecting with spirit. I'm always connecting with my guardian angel. Like there, you know, like there doesn't, there doesn't need to be a special occasion for it. Although I do, like I said, I do, you know, say my prayers when I, before I do a tarot reading. Um, But it really helps me navigate this world. Helps me stay true to 
my soul's mission. Um, I know I have things that I have to do before this lifetime is over and it, it helps me stay in alignment with it. And it helps me because it's true what they say, you know, like the more with power comes responsibility and, yes. and knowing your soul purpose, like being able to see your soul purpose is power. And that, and that can get scary sometimes because there are certain people on this planet that have soul purposes and soul contracts where it's going to take a lot more out of them than other individuals, not to say that they're better or worse or anything, but it's just a bigger responsibility. And sometimes that big responsibility is really scary. It can be overwhelming. And I've had those moments where I'm just like, how am I supposed to do that? And so when I connect with source, when I connect with my fierce guardian angel, they remind me I'm not alone. And even though, because I'm a very introverted person, I'm quite a solitary creature. I, I, I'm reminded by them that I'm not alone, even though I'm physically here with my fur babies. Um, there's a force that supports me in this. And, and I think that if I, if I could share that message with everyone and have everyone know that, that there truly is an invisible force that supports every individual on their life path, it, it ignites this confidence, this unwavering confidence that even in the face of fear, you will persevere and you will be resilient. And I think that that's been a really big part of how I've gotten to where I am. That's so beautiful. It gave me shivers. Thank you for that. It's so well articulated. I love it. What are um, maybe some of the biggest lessons that your brothers taught you? Oh my goodness. That's a loaded question. He has taught me so much he's helped me remember things from previous lifetimes that I didn't even realize. Um, the biggest thing is that he has reminded me and affirmed to me that there is life after life. There truly is. Like, I don't, I don't, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have a different relationship with mortality and, and I just, I don't see it as, the end of something I see it as the beginning of something new and magical um yeah that's probably the biggest thing that he's taught me and and he's also taught me that love will transcend all realms of reality and our consciousness is eternal because I communicate with him telepathically. It's it's crazy. It sounds crazy, but it's happened a couple of times. Like for example, I have this beautiful windowsill garden in my room where there's this like giant, it's called a power plant that I've had in this room for like eight years. And on this pot, there is a um, there's a coral that I got when I was in Hawaii. And I remember looking at this, this pot and it was growing so big. And I'm like, oh man, I'm like, I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, I wonder if that pot needs more space because this, this coral is now wedged in there. I'm like, I'm like, I wonder if the pot needs more space. Like, I'm like that, that coral is really wedged in there because it's been in there. And, and so the thing is growing out, right? Yeah. 
Exactly. Well, the next day I wake up and that coral fell to the ground and broke in two pieces. Wow. Yeah. And I knew it was my brother being like, look what I just did. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Like, yeah. Like there's just no way that it could have done it on its own. I've been, it's been in the same exact spot for eight years. Yeah. And the day after, what did you feel when you saw it? Did you get goosebumps? Did you get, you know, shivers? Did you feel excited or scared? What was your emotion? I was excited and I laughed because of it's his humor. Like that's something he would totally do, you know? And so I was just like, oh my gosh, like, I was just like, you are so magical and you're so powerful. And that's why, that's why he is a fierce guardian angel, because it takes a very powerful spirit to be able to manipulate, um, things in the tangible world yeah and he's done other things can you share one more yeah absolutely okay one of the things that is the most like heartwarming is so my mom and I went shopping at um Home Depot one day and she wanted to get a bonsai tree because she's never had one before so we picked out a bonsai tree everything's great she calls me like a week later and she's like one guess what I found on the bonsai tree I was like what what she found a baby lizard. What? A baby lizard. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so random. So we're talking about like your yeah. mom lives in Vancouver in a house. Yes. Where, okay. Because yes. the baby lizard where I yeah. live in Australia could happen pretty common. Yeah. I mean, it's still not yeah. common, but it could mm-hmm. happen. But wow. Yeah. That is hilarious. But you lived in Vancouver, so you know how rare that would be. Yes, 100%. Yeah, so she found this baby lizard, and she's like, do something with it. 48 hours later, I built it this beautiful paradise. And here's the kicker. I knew it was my brother who sent it to me, because when we were younger, I had a baby lizard, the exact same breed, and he accidentally killed that lizard. So now it's his way of being like, here, sister, I gave you another baby lizard. Oh, my. That is just so. That's just too amazing, isn't it? It's like I can't even make it up. No. Right? No. More, please. I always say thank you. Thank you. More, please. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I even went to like I've even like gone to to. you know, these, these plant shops and been like, have you ever found a baby lizard before? Like workers are like baby lizard. They're like, no. <laughs> Who is this girl? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, like wait a, a minute. Lizard? Let me just ask my brother. He likes sit in silence. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love, well, that is yeah. so good. There's so much hope within that message. Isn't there that, you know, yeah yeah like when people pass away they're not gone they're just changed yeah exactly and if that's if that if I could share that message that could help other people go through grief and and feel hope and know that there is no end to love and consciousness then my pain didn't happen in vain and and his message and, and his story lives on. So there is there is hope. And um, even though it hurts, 
even though it's devastating and it can take you completely out of your your world like you can be at the mercy of something greater just just know that you know your loved ones will never leave and and you can always connect with them they always hear us they're always with us so what advice do you have for someone at home who might be going through a hard time it may not be you know a similar story to one that you've gone through but you know a lot of people are suffering not only now yeah. in you know our current state of the world but people you know, everywhere are always going through something. Well, you know, very often living the human experience. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what mm -hmm. advice do you have for them? Is it, like you said, going slow, being compassionate with yourself? Is it asking spirit for help? Is it sending yourself that love? Yeah, I think that there's so many things that you can do and it's, it, and it's about being proactive and, and knowing how you are and how you what what you need to get through it you know like everyone has different needs so yeah I think having a strong support system whether it's friends or family or even like a helpline if that's you know if that's what you need then to really surround yourself with support and to ask for help oh my goodness to ask for help and, and I see, and I emphasize that because I'm not the kind of person that asks for help. Like I'm, I have too much, I've had too much pride, you know, I'm, I'm a very strong and independent individual. So for me to ask for help wasn't even a part of my, like my, my existence, I just didn't do it. But when I came to the place where I had no choice, but to get help, I can't advocate it enough you need to ask for help when you need it. Yeah. And, and also to be kind and compassionate towards yourself. The, mm -hmm. Like the list goes on and on. I think, yeah. I think you need to just do everything mm -hmm. necessary. You know, I think one of the things that you mentioned earlier is like, we're also not alone. Like we might feel that we're alone, but we're not alone. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, asking for help, like you said, help can show up in different ways, right? Oh, I'm getting crazy goosebumps again. So it's, you know, house <laughs> okay. help can show up like a lizard on a rent on not random on a bonsai tree or help can show up <laughs> as you know you know like you were talking about earlier maybe you'll see an image on the internet and that's your validation mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. absolutely and yeah and to add to that is just being open to what shows up and and to and to really not lose faith yeah do it all whatever it is that you need <laughs> satisfy that I, I, like, I think that, you know, letting go of your pride, letting go of your ego, and just nurturing yourself, you know, it's and doing whatever it takes, because it's not, it's not a sign of weakness. I think that one of the another one of the greatest lessons that I've learned, having gone through so much adversity in my life is um, realizing finally that vulnerability is not weakness. And it's actually one of the most courageous and most authentic thing a person can do is to be vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful way of ending. It's been an hour, my sister, we're going to wrap <laughs> things up. Uh, we will bring you back obviously for part two, because you and I could talk forever. That's a given. Absolutely. Is there anything that I, I didn't that. ask? You had so many, as they say, tweetable moments and um, so much magic <laughs> in this episode, but is there anything that you wanted to, um, you know, to say, to wrap things up? How can people find out a little bit more about you? How can they connect with you? 
and um, all that jazz. Please do take it away. Thank you so much. Um, the one message that I want to wrap things up with is that love will deliver us peace. Love will deliver us peace. And I truly believe that world peace starts with individual inner peace. So if we want to live in a world where peace is abundant, we have to find that inner peace ourselves. So do whatever it is that you need to do to reconnect and realign with that love and with that peace. And, and you will make that impact. Um, people can connect with me through um, social media. My Instagram handle is the.one.coach.143. And my website is www.theonecoach.solutions. Thank you so much, my friend. Thanks for having me. Hi. Thanks so much for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave us a review where you listen to your podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you. New episodes every Thursday.